Good morning. Brixton calling. Hey, this is Dolores. I'm on my way to meet a lady called Imani Zenwa. I hope I've pronounced her surname right. She's had this great idea and she's been working for the last two years on establishing a new award ceremony. It's called the Black Awards, spelt B-L-A-C. That stands for Bright Lights Award Ceremony. It's a huge new uptaking. She's put a lot into this. Listen, you know, I always think the best thing to do is to just go along and talk to the people. That's why it's called Brixton Calling. Let me just say, though, you can nominate people from your area who you think deserve recognition for any good works that they've done. Doesn't just have to be in, you know, knife crime and, and this sort of really out there news that we see in issues. It can be anything that you believe that people deserve some reward for. Carers, children who are out there um, mentoring and helping other young people, uh, restaurants, comedies. <laughs> well, there's about 27 different categories so I'm not going to go on let's just go and talk to Imani come on hi hi Dolores thank you for being here <laughs> thanks for having me You're welcome. now then the black awards yes tell me all about them oh right what, what? no don't <laughs> no no tell me a little bit about yourself oh about myself well um, what can I say? Okay. Where was you born? Um, I was, well, it's a bit confusion really. I was born I, in Hornsey, North London. Um, because I was my mother's first child, um, they sent me to Ghana for about four years and then they brought me back when I was about four, just going on five. Do you remember Ghana? Uh, just about, yes, just about. But also relatives said, no, I was born in Ghana, but then they brought me here when I was four, so e uh, either version's okay. Yeah. Um, yes, I remember Ghana. I lived between my father's family, my grandparents, and uh, my mother's family as well, because I came from the same area, same village in Ghana. Yeah. Aren't you from an academic family? Uh, very much so, yes. Um, I have an uncle, he was um, professor of uh, social anthropology and he also taught in um, universities and colleges in Cambridge. Okay, so this is Mrs. Smartface. <laughs> not, not me, just the family. And also I forgot my Uncle Patrick, he also wrote, wrote papers um, for the World Health Organisation as well. Listen, let's talk about it. You've got an award ceremony that you've set up. Yes. Right, tell us a bit about that. Okay, now the award ceremony, it's affectionately known as the uh, Black Award. So that's black without the K. So that's B-L-A-C. And that stands for... Bright Lights Awards Ceremony. As the more I researched into putting on this event, the more I realised, hold on a minute, this sort of awards ceremony has never been um, held in this country before, uh, or in the Caribbean, or in America. And the reason I wanted to set up this awards ceremony was to highlight the real grassroots working class and often the poor communities and to show what's, what's being done in those communities, some great works in those communities. Is that really sort of relating to the fact, like, you, you know, I was talking to you the other day and I remember you tweeted out as well, you know, people say, oh, whenever there's a stabbing or a, a shooting, you always get some voice that says, oh, why aren't the black community helping what would you say to that well this is the thing this is why the black awards was um was set up because it was really to show um similar to what you've just said 
often when you know when I saw another stabbing incident shown from which probably happened in an estate um, sometimes in South London sometimes in the community somewhere in maybe Birmingham or Manchester um, there were these buzzwords that followed such as Lack of role models, no father figures, single parent family, mental health problems more recently. So, you know, I said to myself, I don't recognise that, not in my community, not where I live, because there's a lot of great things happening. So this is why I set about highlighting the great things that's been done in our community and many from organisations who are fighting to, um, for um, anti-knife violence, basically, and doing a lot working with the youths as well. Yeah. Give us your background, because it, you, this is quite a big thing that you're doing. You've got some really impressive judges. So tell us a little bit about your presenters and judges. OK, yeah. Um, with the... Because um, what I didn't want to do is what um, quite a lot of awards ceremonies do, which is to bring along the high-profile celebrities, etc. So... What I wanted to do was to steer away from that, as far away from that as possible, because I wanted everyone who was going to present an award to have a relevance with the youth, the gang, and the knife violence as well. So they were specially handpicked. So what I did, I made a list, um, researched into their backgrounds as well, and just to see what part they played, whether big or small. Um, and then I decided, okay, to contact these individuals. So you could say I started working from the top, but whilst I was at the top, they quite happily accepted because you know these were individuals that could see the vision that could see that this was a worthwhile cause so because um, they are working in it as well I mean you've got trauma right. surgeons don't you yes that's right we've got um two what happened was it was one particular well I was chasing both trauma surgeons where are they based um they were based one is in St Bart's Hospital both in London St Bart's Hospital and the other one in King's College Hospital yeah so that's Dr. Martin Griffiths and also Dr. Duncan Bew. Are they dealing with a lot of the young guys that come in? Yes, that's right. Yes, and um, both of them have had a lot of experience with um, a lot of... What one of them pointed out was that it's so terrible to know that you are trying your hardest to save this knife victim and then you have to go back out into the waiting room to say to their mother, usually it's their mother, their family, that unfortunately you couldn't save that young lad and the scream that goes through you is a scream they say they can never ever forget it just shatters your soul yeah that's sad um what's i know that frank bruno's foundation oh, something it's involved you tell me a bit about that yes the frank bruno foundation because this is also in relation to knife violence gang violence youth violence i wanted to emphasize and have focus on the mental health aspect of this event because again within the black community there is a lot of stigma despite all the high profile individuals that have come forward to talk about their mental health so I felt who better to get on board than the Frank Bruno Foundation and Frank had just recently launched his Frank Bruno Foundation and they were more than happy to support this event so in return we decided we'd like to support their foundation as well how wonderful because he's been so open about his mental health issues I mean we he's been so wonderful talking about I mean he's a real inspiration isn't he yes absolutely and um you know he he'd be the first to to be quite open about his breakdown 
breakdowns, his mental health episodes and the medication that he's been on and more recently apparently one of the things he's also doing with his foundation which is um, setting up a boxing gym um, for the young people as a way of channeling their energies and being inspired as well. We have David Lammy as well. Mm. Um, You've got a few other MPs, don't you? Uh, we have um, Norman Lamb from the Liberal Democrats uh, MP. So why did you get involved with gun and knife crime? What was it? Can you remember the day? I've got, I can't stand it any longer. I'd been hearing about it, but um, even myself at the time, I just felt, oh, wow, oh, there goes another knife crime. Oh, oh wow, there goes another youth violence. And it got to a point where even... you Sorry to interrupt you, because you had quite a very successful career as... Um, well, why don't you tell us? OK, yeah, I've, I've had a few successful careers. I've always worked um, a HR recruitment officer for... Well, we never say for, but always on behalf of MI5, GCHQ and MI6. And I've also worked for the Institute for Government, which is in, and it's also a charity uh, as well. And also worked for Westminster Council. And it, it was actually whilst I was at Westminster Council, on my route, on my journey to work from South London into Westminster... I noted that there was quite a few, one of those yellow boards incidences, they often have that when there's been road incidences, but sometimes it was there because there had been a a knife attack, um, a gang-related incident, so I realised, wow, this is actually closer to home than I could have ever imagined. So one day I went into work, got in, usual time, nine o'clock, and within two hours I'd left. Hold on, I have a date for that actually was it the 18th of april 2018 (laughs) absolutely yes what what happened why um i i walked into work and um i sat there and i thought to myself you know i'm i'm here utilizing all my abilities um to to help others in crisis with their housing and i realized that i could be utilizing all my abilities helping the community as well. It really was. It was so liberating. I just thought... Uh, OK. Um, you also, like, let's not leave this out. Mm. You worked in the reggae industry. Yes, that's right. Because uh, the reason I mention this is because I think this is relevant to how you've managed to organise this really great event that's coming up. Yes, you're, you're right, Dolores. Um... What what it is, I first met um, a a reggae promoter. On one occasion, there was an event in Battersea. So um, the uh, promoter for that event, he approached me and he said to me, can you do PR? So I said, yeah, sure. So he said, okay, gave me the address and said, can you be at this place on Monday and I will take you through the ropes. No idea what what it was for. I just knew it was to do reggae. So when I arrived, it was to do the Budju Banton show. And it was the first... Bujibanton here in the UK so it was amazing so he really showed me the ropes with regards to PR understanding the um, relationship between the artists and the radio stations everything it got to a point years later all he had to do was to phone me and tell me that the reggae package he had and I was just on the case. So you, because I, you, I know you, you're the founder of this. You've set this all up on your own. And I was a little bit. I wonder how she's done that. And now, of course, I know why. Yes. <laughs> so listen, what do you hope to achieve with the Black Awards? Okay, with the uh, Black Awards, um, I do you know, Deloitte. I think if we 
have been able to make a difference in one, one, especially one young person's life to show that, yes, we recognize the difference you have made in your life, then we have achieved what we set out to achieve. Yeah. What sort of people are you hoping to honor? Okay, it's... Um, Not hoping to. Will be. Will be. Will be honoring, yes. Um, all those people within the grassroots African Caribbean community who are just doing amazing things. And I can only just go by some of the nominations that's been flooding in, which, is, which are those, I would call them unsung heroes. I mean, people are welcome to inv- and nominate themselves as well. And one gentleman, he nominated himself and he says, um, carer, in the carer um, category. And he said his mum looked after him when he was young as a single parent. She suffers from dementia, quite severe to the point that nighttime he sleeps on the floor by, his, by her bed. He gets around three hours sleep a night because during the course of the night, the mother soils the bed and he has to get her up, change her into, uh, change her sheets, change her, clean her up. And, uh, you know, she doesn't recognize who he is. And he says, um, since she, the onset of her dementia, he has lost his friends because, you know, he can't do the things he, he could do before. He can't hang out with these individuals Um, he doesn't get as much help from the authorities, although they have suggested that he should um, place her in a home. But in the um, note... That's not helpful if you love your mum. No, that's right. In the the notes that he wrote, he said, she was there for me throughout, and I'll be there for her throughout as well. So So it's not really just people that are working in knife crime and go, you're talking about all... Absolutely, yes, because we have categories for carers, carers over 18, adult carers, young carers as well so yes they yeah what are the categories they range from best radio station best presenter best eatery because we have so many african caribbean restaurants in and around london alone you know much less all the other areas of the uk what some people don't realize is that a lot of these youths who we see especially the young boys with their trousers halfway down playing you know being a bit boisterous on the streets some of them are actually carers and some of them are actually having to rush home to look after their single parent and their other siblings as well. We have categories such as... um, So what do you see happening in the future? I mean, not just with the awards. What do you hope to get out of this? Where are you going with this? Yeah. Okay. um, The way I see it, um, Black will... I'm aiming for Black to become a very powerful tool a tool which will be recognised as a powerful tool um, in relation to not just the youth violence, but what's going on within the um, black community, the African-Caribbean community, in relation to mental health. Because one other thing I'd like to mention is that um, I'm, I've been also a part of what's known as the Independent Advisory Group on Mental Health. So we worked very closely with the South London and Maudsley Hospital, which is based in Denmark Hill in um, Camberwell. Now, this independent advisory group was set up following, I think it was a few years after the death of Sean Rigg, who was uh, a musician who lived in uh, South London. 
and he was arrested. And I do believe because he hadn't taken his medication, he was behaving in, in a certain way, which they say led to his demise in Brixton Police Station. So to the then Home Secretary at the time, um, Theresa May, set up the Independent Advisory Group, which is really looking at how things can be improved in regards to mental health with the black community. Once we have that model um, correct, it will be rolled out to all areas of the UK. With the Black Awards, it aims to be at the table when it comes to talking about certain issues which affect the black community. Quite a number of, as I mentioned earlier, individuals doing amazing things they don't seek to get any reward or acclaim for what they're doing. They just do it because they feel if you're not part of the solution, then by doing nothing, you're probably part of the problem. Yeah. Did we talk about how long you lived in Brixton? Um, yes, oh, way, way about over 20, 25 years in, in Brixton. Yes, I, I have relatives um, who live in... It's your home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the organisations and the people here that are helping um, the community? A lot that's been done, which we don't um, hear about. Do you think when these um, ex-GAM members go into schools, do you think, does it work? From what I have heard, it does, because I've spoken to somebody who was based in North London, a mentor, he acted as a mentor, and um, he offered his services to a particular school in North London, and there were um, a couple young boys there that were really very, very hard to reach, but he was working well with them and seeing the progress. At some point, the school then approached him and said they could no longer have him come to the school. He then wanted to know if he could perhaps work privately with these specific young black boys, and they said they couldn't really arrange that. It wasn't until three years later he heard that one of the boys um, died in um, a gang violence, and the other boy... Um, is now serving time and it breaks his heart because he was actually making inroads with these young boys yeah it's sad isn't it how can people nominate um they just need to go onto the um, black website which is www.blac.org.uk and they can just go onto the section which says nominations on the menu bar and just go ahead and select any one of those 27 wonderful stars because that's what the people are and just go ahead and nominate now the good thing is you don't have to nominate one person in just one category if the people feel one person deserves to be nominated as you know, maybe a carer or someone who's overcome adversity. Go for it. Tickets. Where's the venue? When's it going to be held? Okay. So the um, event is taking place on Thursday, the 30th of April, 2020. That's this year. And it's been held at the ILEC Conference Centre, which is in Earl's Court. And th the great thing is, it's been held on the weekend of the May Bank Holiday. So if people want to come from far and wide and they want to book hotel stay, the beauty of this conference centre is that the Ibis Hotel is part of the venue. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Okay. Um, when do nominations end? Okay, the nominations, um, they close on the 23rd of February. Now, that simply means because Valentine's is the week before, it's a way of giving a gift of love 
to those people who mean so much to you and, and make a difference to the community. So, yeah, go ahead. Give a gift of love and nominate that individual. That's lovely. I've got to nominate someone. Let me think about it. Listen, it's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you. It's been lovely talking to you too, Delilah.